Hello, and welcome to Zig When They Zag, a podcast for business leaders obsessed with growth. In this episode, we continue the conversation about thriving in a slowdown. But this time, my co-host Kevin Ring and I talk about how to identify your ideal client and why that's so important while you continue to focus on growing your company, especially during an economic downturn. Enjoy! My, my son, uh, quick side story, he is a 11-year-old boy. He enjoys the outfit, which is a t-shirt and athletic shorts, oh. which also happens to be what he sleeps in. And yeah. so we've, we've had to just sort of say, okay, you just have to change. Like, it's, not, it's no longer like, go get your jammies on. Because I'd be like, I'm in my jammies. He's like, no, those are, that's what you wore today. So today it was like, go get dressed. He's like, I am dressed. We're like, yeah, but we mean your clean daytime jammies. And he's like, ugh. <laughs> that's nice to know nothing is different. We have a six-year-old and it's the same thing. She's just been, as fast as she can, get into her jammies and just wears them day over day. And you're just like, change into yeah. something clean. Oh my gosh, please. It's that inner inner adult that's coming out because we all secretly desire that we could just wear jammies day after day after day. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Anyway, well, I anyway. also put on work clothes for this. So. I know it's good to see you in work, as Kevin. <laughs> so you know, last time we talked about um, that we have to understand the value we deliver to our clients, and you really unpacked what that means when we talked about some examples. But then we realized the next topic should probably be about who our best customers are and helping how we help our clients identify that because we can't really understand the value we deliver unless we know who that ideal client is or ideal customer is. And just to kind of set the stage, you know, we've worked with companies that come in and say, we help everybody. And you're like, there's no way you help everybody. And there's no way we could possibly figure out the value proposition for all of these different segments and there's no way you're doing it well and there's no way that all of those customers are as valuable to the company as you think yeah yeah so tell us a little bit let's start and pack for how do we discover who our best clients are yeah that's an excellent question and um i think there's really three three things that i would want to talk about uh one is Specifically, what do we mean when we say ideal customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and then second, what are some kind of subjective ways to begin to narrow that down? And then third is what are what are the very specific ways that you can really validate that yeah. your hunch is who you think it is? Um, so yeah, so I appreciate bringing up the, the topic of ideal customer because yeah. for us in this time, you know, we're, we're looking at how do companies be most productive, mm-hmm. uh, given the challenges of these times, how do they lead well in their companies and in their communities, and then starting to look ahead, how do they serve their markets well so that when the economy returns back to a growth stage, they're going to be well positioned to mm-hmm. uh, just accelerate on the good work that they're doing now. Mm-hmm. And so last week we talked about kind of competitive advantage Mm-hmm. and demand control. So for us, when we start to, to look at demand control, like targeting and engaging your pipeline of highly qualified ideal clients, we really start with 
this definition of who's our ideal customer. Mm -hmm. um, and so an ideal customer is a customer that values what you do, mm -hmm. right? And so the, 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 the main indicator is we have gone through the process of identifying what we do best and then how that creates value for our clients. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the, the specific thing within that is you really want to understand the clients that uh, you have the biggest impact on, that you mm -hmm. have the biggest transformation on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then what you want to do is you want to begin to, to dig into kind of some subjective uh, aspects of them valuing you. So yeah. again, similar to last week, you want to really focus in on, okay, what, where are we engaging them in their process mm -hmm. so that we know this is, this is where we fit into their uh, delivery of value to their customers. Yeah. And then what you really want to do is you want to unpack and kind of identify, okay, the, the different people that are involved in that within our customer. Yeah. How are they? Uh, I guess the word I would use is is predisposed to yeah. to us, and and it's it's challenging because it um, this is where you begin to get very subjective, right? Yeah. And so, you uh, one of the things that we do, mm -hmm. it, and it was a really difficult conversation to work out, but we've identified that we work best with fun companies. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And and it, it, it feels really weird to say, but the the way that we came about that is that we one identified that we do our best work when we're having fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it starts back with, okay, if we're being creative, if we are helping to understand markets and we're engaging and partnering with clients, mm -hmm. we want that to be a fun process. And I think most people would uh, agree that yeah. if you value having fun, then you want people are a fun. Right. Yeah. Some companies, uh, and I really do want to be careful because this is not meant to uh, call anyone out for not being fun um, because everybody's different. But yeah. there are other companies that it's not appropriate to have fun while you're working. Uh, yeah. Funeral directors, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or having fun might undermine the credibility of what you're doing uh, in, you know, sort of financial analysis and or, um, you know, a prof other professional services. And so, really just identifying okay, what are kind of the circumstances in which we do our best work mm -hmm. and who receives that well or who values that as well. Yeah. And I think there's, there's two pieces you just mentioned that I want to touch on because you're talking about it's very subjective. And when you say fun, I instantly think there's a lot of people who are thinking about what fun companies are, right? Oh, they only work with... Uh, people who provide services to circuses and restaurants, oh, or, right? So, yes. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? And, you my, know, children, my children think we only market hot dogs. So. Yeah, there you go. But you have to really take a step back. And what we mean by that is people who have these service-based businesses where doing business is fun for them, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what we mean by that. Yeah. The thing you mentioned a lot that I think we should touch on is partnering. That yeah. word in itself is very specific because, and because we have service-based businesses that do business with us, there's different levels of what they're looking for. Their yeah. ideal customer might not be looking for a partner. 
their ideal customer might be just trying to outsource something to a vendor in a very yeah. managed service kind of way. And yeah. that might be the client that the customer or our customer wants, right? right? Yeah. We want a partnership. So it's more collaborative, more like we're part of the same company. Um, but just identifying that for a service-based business can be very impactful because they don't realize. Yeah. You know, the, I the think difference. <laughs> I think that that's fantastic. I think yeah. one of the things for us is that what enables us to to want to work in partnership is that that we're never going to be experts in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our expertise is is coming alongside of you and understanding and translating that into secondary and tertiary experiences that your audience is going to mm-hmm. have. Um, the the a, a great way to maybe think about it uh, and a good exercise that you can go through is. Um, Imagine you're going to a doctor mm-hmm. and your business is the doctor, mm-hmm. right? Doctors help you. They make you better. Your, your customer, as you're thinking about your ideal customer, think about what their problem is and what do they need? Do they mm-hmm. need expert service, right? Mm-hmm. So they want the, the high value surgeon who's trained for years and who mm-hmm. is uh, very uh, focused on just one specific thing? Mm-hmm. Or do they want a general doctor that they can come to with all, multiple problems? Mm-hmm. Do they want that level of uh, come in, solve the problem, go out? Or do they want, do they value someone who will nurture them? So they mm-hmm. go and, and they want more of a nurse practitioner, someone who's going to care for them uh, and really enjoy, you know, not necessarily enjoy, but the experience. Yeah. yeah. Spend more time with the experience. And then ultimately it's like, do they just want a resource? Do they want an interface? Are you not necessarily part of the job? Well, that's, right. that's what WebMD is about, right? Um, <laughs> just go and just diagnose and yourself, figure out all the different things that are wrong that's with right. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so think about that and think about how you best operate and, and how you deliver that value. And, and that will sort of define the, the kind of customer and the kind of customer problem that you need. And so the main, again, the main uh, indicator for ideal customers is going to be around the problem that they have. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about then identifying who they are, it's the types of companies that have this problem. It's the factors about the company that influence the type of problems that they have. Mm-hmm. So for example, we have a client who is a uh, kind of technology problem solver mm-hmm. and their company works really well with larger organizations mm-hmm. because the leadership of those organizations need a partner that they can trust mm-hmm. to be on the same page, but also then translate that across multiple programs. Right. And so their ideal client is not going to be uh, $100,000 to a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. because they don't have those multiple layers where inefficiencies, communications happen. Mm-hmm. And if, if their value is creating alignment mm-hmm. for the organization, then their ideal customer is going to be an organization that has problems with misalignment. Mm-hmm. The key thing is that that has nothing to do with technology. Yeah. Their value is, is, is what the customer receives right the, te- the technology piece enables it but it's not the value and so 
Um, it's taking a look at then those considerations. Um, yeah. Size, location, mm -hmm. industry, uh, history, um, culture, anything that is really going to influence their likelihood of having the problem. What I really like about this topic is uh, once you plant the seed that there is an ideal client and you don't serve everyone well, yeah. business leaders walk away and really start to think about it and it changes the, their perspective on what they should be spending money on. Yeah. So we, have, we might have a, a longer sales process with a business where you know, we plant the seed early on that, well, we, we need to identify your ideal client. They say, well, no, I know who they are. They're this, they're this, they're this, they're this. And we do all this and over here we do this. And, you know, I really just want to figure out how we get the message out to everybody. Yeah. Eh, you know, you've got something that you're probably good at and we shouldn't be so general. Otherwise it's not as effective. And then they'll come back. That wasn't the answer they wanted at the time. <laughs> they'll come back a year later and go, you know what? I did realize something. We do have an ideal client. Yeah. I don't want to spend marketing dollars attracting everybody. I want to spend marketing dollars attracting this kind of client because they're the most profitable. Yep. And then they realize some of the subjective things too, like they're easier to work with. Like just as a team, our culture gets along with companies with this kind of culture. Yep. All these other pieces that you said were kind of on the subjective side. I mean, what are some things that you think a company could do to kind of figure out some of that subjective stuff? Yeah, and I think that that's uh, a great lead-in to the next step. So mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the things that, that we enjoy is, is our collaborative process for identifying mm -hmm. what that is because it's, it's difficult. Oftentimes, business leaders are too close to operations, too close to even just the history of your organization to really take a step back and say, oh, they're using us for this. Yeah. Or, oh, they're they really want this, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially visionary leaders are like, no, I know what they want. I was like, well, okay. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what you offer for yeah. sure. But I guarantee you that you cannot articulate in the language that the customer will resonate with what it is that they value about you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a, a, a couple things. I think the two ones that I want to call out is, is first, if you have a sales force, mm -hmm. uh, ask them, yeah. hey, who's the easiest to close? Mm -hmm. You know, look into your CRM, uh, really do an analysis where you identify who those are, shortest sales time, uh, easiest conversations, like less, you know, least amount of touch points, least amount of steps, least amount of revisions, like yeah. do that analysis. Because the ones who are easiest to close are the ones who get the value immediately. Right. right. I like that. And it also kind of reinforces the idea that you don't need to go into your company and change the way you do business. What you're trying right. to do is figure out how, your, how you do business is successful and who matches that on the outside. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. I love that. So... Second thing you can do is you can go and, and look at your account team, your support team, and mm. say, who's easiest to work with? Yeah. Who, who do you connect the best with? Mm -hmm. uh, because that's the piece where it's the relational aspect of, of them valuing being your, being a client of you is, mm -hmm. is going to indicate that, hey, we're doing something right here. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and then, you know, from a metrics perspective, again, look in your CRM, look at yeah. the number of calls that have taken, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that we do is we like to send out uh, customer uh, surveying. And so mm -hmm. what we can do is we can send out a uh, uh, quantitative and qualitative feedback mechanism to all of your customers. And through that, we, you know, look at net promoter score who are, mm -hmm. These are going to be the nines and the tens, right? right? In terms of our analysis, these are the ones who are so happy with the value that they've experienced that they want to tell someone else. So yeah. uh, just real quick, net promoter score is a statistical measure of a simple question. How likely are you to recommend uh, us to someone that you trust or someone yeah. who trusts you? Um, and then they, it's a scale of one to 10. Mm -hmm. One to six uh, are typically detractors. They yeah. are not people that are going to uh, go out of their way to express any sort of uh, appreciation of, of the value that, that you create for them. Mm -hmm. um, that may be personality-driven, that may be situational, uh, but really those are the people that, that look to you to do a job mm -hmm. and... Sure, they're customers. Sure, you're doing that job for them. But at the end of the day, they don't value it. Mm -hmm. Seven, eight is a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking, oh, sevens and eights, that's really good, right? They're happy with the experience. The challenge there is that they are happy with the experience. But if anything changes, it is uh, typically a more fragile level of satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and so you have, those are good customers, don't get me wrong, but these aren't the customers who are going to uh, accelerate your growth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so for us, it's it's identifying who those nines and tens are because that's going to be the, the company that really gets it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the question to the sales that really values the relationship. That's mm -hmm. the question to the account management. But then I think the third piece is, is the longevity, right? Mm -hmm. It's the lifetime value of a customer. Mm -hmm. If you have an ideal customer, they are going to be with you for years. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, then think about every company that you signed up for the free trial for and then never, ever switched over to the, to the, the paper. Right. right? It's an experience where you're like, that tool worked, it did the job, but... It didn't bring I don't, want, I don't want a relationship with that company. Right. Yeah. And I think there's some, uh, you touched on that we do some of this work for our clients. And I think one thing we should talk about a little bit is the value of having, we call third party disinterested people <laughs> doing this kind of work. Yeah. Because even, uh, even for us, it was beneficial to have someone else talk to our customers and figure out why they've been with us for three years yeah. from the outside. We can say all the things that might go into a CRM on default is, Oh, they're this size company with this many employees, you know, that's helpful data, but yeah. it's not necessarily the full picture of what you need to know about an ideal customer. Right. Yeah. So. No, I know that, that, ex that exercise was extremely valuable for us. Yeah. I mean, one of the best things that we've ever done. Yeah. Um, and, and so for us, I think what we're really looking to do and, and the value that we bring is, uh, one, we see it with unbiased eyes, mm -hmm. right? So um, 
it is very difficult for passionate business owners and strong leaders like we like to work with to receive feedback in a generalized way. Yeah. So one of the benefits is that we can go in and, and without being impassioned, without being biased and being very focused, we mm-hmm. can receive the feedback and dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can do uh, win analysis and lose analysis on, on sales process. It, it allows us to go in and be like, hey, these are the things that didn't help um, without creating defensiveness. Right. Um, the sales team who is counting on their ability to, to do well. So I think that's, that's part of it for us is really the, the, the value is you're not going to see things the same way. Right. And so to, to be able to work with a company that you trust, but then also has the, the skills and capabilities to generate this level of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that makes me think of one thing I want to include real quick too yeah. is, a lot of great marketers are out there, right? Yeah. And they do a lot of, of great services tactically. And, and even in terms of customer analysis and things like that, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah. I think one of the things that we really strive for and, and why we kick off each engagement with a deep dive into who the company is and what the goals are is because we are translating these findings and these insights into specific actionable feedback. Yeah. It is going to not just inform the marketing strategies that that we implement, mm-hmm. but is really going to help, I think, uh, empower companies to, to actually achieve their goals. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I do love about the way that we go about things is because uh, for us, the goal that you have is is really what we're striving for. Right. Uh, if you want uh, someone who can just promote your company, who can just be out there and, and do the legwork, like there's lots of great options and lots of great content and marketers out there who, who really will run that well. For us, being goal-focused, being growth-focused means we need to be able to understand what are those key drivers mm-hmm. for your end goal and how do we zero in on that? Yeah. Sorry, I get a little impassioned. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that's a, marketing. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's a good good thing to end on for this episode. Um, I was thinking about there's a poster in our conference room that says, you know, basically as our clients come to us with their business goals and we don't expect them to have all the marketing strategies ready to go. We want yeah. to help them define what those strategies should be based on what their customers are looking for and what yeah. they value and who yeah. they are, who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. This has been great. I yeah. love talking about the value of, of customer and customer research. So anytime. Yeah. I think the next topic we have is how to talk to customers. Um, so we'll, we'll dive into that next time. Oh, that's I my might, favorite. I might wear a different shirt. We'll just have to see. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know if I have a different shirt. I know. <laughs> what day is this? I don't even know. <laughs> well, thank you very much. This has been, it's great to see you again and see you soon. Yeah. In outfits. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
what are the odds that three weeks later you and I would be wearing exactly the same outfits? I know. Three weeks in a row. Well, what happened is because of the crisis, I got rid of most of my closet because I'm only wearing pajamas now during the yeah. day. Um, except for days when we have to record this blogcast, in which now I have a blogcasting shirt sure. <laughs> that I put on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check us out on our website at hotdogmarketing.net slash zigzag. You'll find more information and you can watch the video series there. You can tweet me anytime at Jessica underscore markets. Rate us and find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again.